Hello, I'm here today with a certain admittance of failure. And that failure is going to be the subject of my live autopsy, which is a concept that was, well, a couple, a term that I heard from this guy named David Goggins, who's a really hard ex-Navy SEAL. And personally, I'm learning myself away from trying to harden up rather than soften up and become actually able to be authentic with myself. But I still got that idea from him, so I thought I'd credit it. So the idea of the live autopsy is that that you, you've died in your life and you have to go back and figure out why you died. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell the details of my particular live autopsy, but I'm just going to hit a couple main points. So a major cause of death was, um, was disconnect between my body and my, and my mind of being entirely trapped in the mind and in the fear of the mind and everything and not being able to ground into the body. Another was um, a condition of extreme separation within relationships, like with relationships within my own self in terms of feeling all sorts of sort of brokenness inside, but also externally of getting beat by a particular, I guess you could call it abandonment trauma. Um, of that compounding and compounding on itself and being reflected in this inner abandonment. Um, what else? What else killed me? This utter lack of ability to figure out the difference between selfishness and a quest for healing that um it, like having major wires crossed about getting while trying to help oneself actually feeling more and more lost in aloneness or self-obsession or I feel like narcissism is a strong word, but it feels like like that a lot of times. Um, so let me think if there's any other main points. No, the main points are the are the headiness and loss of heart and the connection of that to the feelings of abandonment and separation. And um, yeah, definitely didn't want to be here. Didn't want to be in the pain of this place. Didn't want to be in the failure of, um, of letting fear get the best of me. But I'll be doing a live autopsy more specifically on things in my life that I'm just not going to share here, but um, I think that the idea of self-love is actually super hard, at least it has been for me, because you keep hearing the advice all the time as though you just got to sit with your problems, you got to sit with your problems, you got to sit, sit with your feelings, 
um, don't escape them. But it's almost like I couldn't help it. Like avoidance mechanism. I would say that's another part of my life, autopsy. Everything that represents avoidance. Everything that represents um, trying to, to avoid things. Um, there's so many ways that we cope out of avoidance. So when you identify your unwanted experience, you can orient towards your wanted experience, but it's a complicated thing because everyone will say, okay, here, the universe doesn't rec rec recognize um, negatives. So if you're highly focused on something you don't want, you're likely to create more of it. So the question is obviously, how do we focus on what we do want without some strange suppression of what we don't want? How do we do that in a logical way? And I'm not here with the answers today because as I've admitted, I feel as if I have failed. And this time in my life has to be an ability to relearn what actual self-love is because it's just impossible to live, to live without it. It's impossible to live without love for yourself. So that's going to be what matters to me and I'll probably falter more and I'll probably be confused more and I'll probably experience some weakness due to that but I'm not going to give up and you have my word on that. In this vast universe we are not simply neighbors if we live on earth. We're roommates because we share the same house and yet we live here as strangers. Not just with other species that inhabit this earth but also with other people. Our capacity to separate ourselves is something that is causing all things that live here with us to suffer. I have lived in neighborhoods where if I passed my neighbors, the people who live directly next to me in a store, I wouldn't even know it. This loneliness within the human race, this separation, it is growing. It is numbed out. We are numbing out the pain that is caused by our capacity to separate with our technological devices. All beings that exist are suffering because of our capacity to disconnect with that which we see as other. Now there's this principle, or teaching shall I say, that if you put a frog in water and you slowly raise the temperature of that water, the frog won't jump out, instead it will boil to death. And I fear that this separation, which human beings are practicing every day, is going to be like the water <laughs> and us the frog. The human race is becoming more and more aloof by the day and I watch the chill of this aloofness making people more afraid of one another. This makes my heart ache because people need the warmth of each other. What those of us who see the pain of this boiling water of separation can do is to become that warmth, to be the first one to speak, to be the one to smile, to be the one to act in a manner that relieves the tension of other people's fear to act in the best interest of nature itself. Today, humanity is boiling in the water of fear. 
This recent COVID-19 outbreak is the tipping point. It's the tipping point that has pushed the human psyche into full-blown panic. The mind is supposed to be the supportive act for the emotion. If the emotion says, you know what, I, I just know it right now, what would someone who loves themselves do, quit the job, then the mind's job is to figure out how to make that work. That's yeah. the mind's job. The mind's Interesting. Job is not and of course, argue. the mind is leading in the majority of people's lives, right? Yeah, because this is what we teach children. Children are not born this way. Children are born, I don't know how much time you spent with them, but children are literally born, and from day one, they, it's not difficult to get them to figure out what they want. Right. They go, oh, I'm going in this direction because it feels good. I'm going towards this thing right. because it feels good. It is us that says what you're deciding with your heart is wrong. We are the ones that intervene in this process. We are the ones that teach people to, to distrust their heart and to let their mind lead them because we are trying to make ourselves more comfortable. And that is the real reality and the damage of socialization. The damage of yeah. socialization is the process of saying, you know, I don't want to feel bad, so I'm going to tell you how to behave so I feel good. And it doesn't matter what you feel. You're going to abandon yeah. that to what I tell you is right here in society and wrong here in society. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you think that's why this self-love process is so hard for, for people? Socialization, society? Yeah, I do. Yep. Because because this is the thing. You're born as this being who is a pure, let's say, reflection of source consciousness. You do not come here with issues of self-worth. A baby's not born saying, I don't deserve milk. Oh, I should be so glad my mom's paying attention to me. This is We are born in a state of self-love. We come into a society that is threatened by that. It is the society, it is our parents, it is those that raise the children that begin a process of corrosion of the self-concept. The parent says, gosh, you're so incredibly entitled. You should be so lucky. No, you don't get those things. This, this type of experience, which is nearly unanimous, basically, it, mm -hmm. it cuts us down. And so we learn, and especially it depends on, on our society, but so many societies around the globe, let's just use a Christian society. Let's just use a Christian society because it's a really good example, and it's the one that most of us in the West are familiar with. In a Christian society, humility is king. So what happens when a child is demonstrating any kind of grandiosity of self? They are knocked off their pedestal. They are reminded where they stand. Mm. They are shamed for it. Now, basically, we, we are now giving somebody as a society a mixed message. We spend the first half of their life saying, you are not as great as you think you are. There are other people starving, you know, around the planet. You should be, you know, this kind of talk. Right. And, and teaching them that it is wrong and bad to have a high concept of self. It is self-centered. You never brag about yourself ever, ever. And now suddenly... A person's 23 and struggling, and we say, you just need to love yourself more. But you have trained hmm. them not to. So right. now it's like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the way that we go about the process of socialization changing. Because it's part of the reason that you know people in my line of work have such a difficult time is because you can't train someone for 25 years in yeah. that type of a process and then suddenly switch it up and wonder why it's not easy for people. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's definitely a total process of reprogramming, right? Completely. 
all of all of awakening is reprogramming. And here's an article from awakenedintent.com. What has become increasingly more evident is how true health is really not as it seems. The majority of people who are portrayed as healthy in the eyes of society, such as athletes, humans with big muscles, or slim people, are in fact not healthy at all, but rather they have physical con- physically conditioned their bodies in order to function and perform a certain task most optimally. This is why we quote-unquote train to do the thing. Rarely does a person train for life, in life, because in order to do that, one would need to have full awareness of how life actually functions. Tension is the biggest killer. When we live and use our bodies unconsciously without internal awareness or respect for our vessel, tension begins to creep in on a habitual cellular level, ridding the physical body and energetic, um, riddling the physical body and energetic system. From this point, energy circulation and breathing becomes chronically obstructed. The area of tension begins to shut down and die off over time. The result is deeply corrosive chronic health issues and a person lacking aliveness in their being. Due to the current lifestyle, we are seeing more younger people than ever become senile much earlier on in life. Once I began to understand and experience the way of the body, the energetic interfacing with it, I started to see the reality of health and how far we have been driven away from it. I have had many top-level performers, teachers, and athletes come to see me over the years, and in most cases, the body was anything but healthy. Instead, it had totally walled off, acquiring the ability to undergo tremendous levels of sufferance to the detriment of its own life force. True health isn't about how long you can run or how heavy you can lift. It runs much deeper than that. So many of these fit people are totally jammed up in their bodies. Sure, they can run for miles or lift the heaviest thing repeatedly or do hours of yoga, but true vitality is severely lacking as the body is not being totally lived in. It's not being heard. It's not being committed to. It's not being worshipped. It's not being loved. It is only being driven, pushed, and whipped. When it cries, pills are taken to dumb it down and shut it up. Fucking madness. This is anti-life. Another popular example are people who frequent the gym. They are generally doing so for two primary reasons. One, they assume it will make them internally healthy, partly true with many variables, and two, because in many instances they really dislike themselves and how they look. The day we began valuing how we look above how we feel was a sad day for the health of humanity. The relationship many have with their body is, I must fix you, change you, and torture you, so I can feel a different way about you. This is a sickness. Grown adults will go so far to avoid the natural progression of nature, so much that they will pay large sums of money to inject toxic matter in their faces, breasts, and butts, just to appear externally youthful to others. We hold fear and disregard against the body for doing the miraculous things that a body does naturally and beautifully, such as aging. The self-hatred linked to this behavior is far more dangerous than the injected materials. Our bodies have been gifted to us via source. It has been entrusted into our care, and what do we do? Abuse it. 
Without your body, life ceases to exist for you. Your body has come forth bearing thousands and thousands of years of cellular intelligence that is right there for you to start dropping into and pulling to the surface. It survives on oxygen, food, and water, but it is powered by love, self-love. Learn to listen to your body. The body knows so much more than your egoic mind will ever know. Regardless of what the question is, the body is always housing the answer. Your job is to get out of the way enough to hear it. You must learn how to be in it. You must grant it permission to be loud. You must stop telling it what to do by forcing it to fulfill your mind's conditioning. This is how people get sick. They spend their whole life living and dying by the mind, compromising their body, nature, and spirit, in many cases to appease others. Our minds are so very fragile. Your mind can convince you to go out, buy a knife, and slit your own throat with it. Why would you hand the responsibility of life over to something that causes you insane amounts of suffering? True health is governed by how we sit within ourselves and the depth of the relating we have with our own life force energy. As soon as I come into contact with another, the relationship they have with their body comes real loud, real quick, in an instant. If you are any bit switched on, you can immediately see how a person does their entire life based on how they are occupying their body. You can see how the self-hatred manifests outward into everything they do. You can see all the places where the shame and guilt has locked up and shut down, the pretending, the performing, their house of fear and sadness. The body is screaming everything, out loud, always. Bypassing. Unfortunately, delusional bypassing of oneself is something I see very regularly within the New Age spiritual communities, and it creates much ill health. The instructors and coaches can even can be even more worse off as they have decided to hold themselves to an unrealistic level of spiritual haughtiness. Once you detach a person from their own humanity, they can no longer move in health, which is how many people adopt their new spiritual identity. When we choose to only be conscious of the parts of ourselves which are mo- we are most comfortable with, um, which are most comfortable to do so with, the mind is free to make up the rest on its own. People can miss the truth of themselves entirely. This is why I speak about relentless self-inquiry clarification work so much. A mind left unclarified is a menace to truth. Intelligence. Once you can come to understand with any spiritual pursuit that you do not practice the intelligence, but that you are the intelligence, it will direct your focus more internally. It will steer you back home so you can figure out how to be with yourself in a way that will unlock more of that which you already are. Regardless of what spiritual practices you partake in, if any at all, none of it matters if you leave yourself in order to quote-unquote do it. The remedy for this dis-ease. If someone has a headache, they take a pill, a sore neck, a pill, stomach problems, more drugs. None of this is helping or healing the body's reasoning for creating this physical alarm. Instead, it numbs the body and pacifies the body's ability to alert you when something needs your attention and love. The headache is there because it's calling your attention. It's letting you know the way you're moving is not in alignment. If you continue to ignore it and proceed with your avoidant madness, Chronic disease ensues, the result of chronic self-abuse. Love is always the medicine, but not the love that society talks about. That version of love is causing so much of the pain people experience. 
I am referring to a clear, conscious, and abundantly unconditional love, rooted in truth, rooted in harmony with the universal laws of life. To clarify, real love, love of self. Learning to give deep love to oneself is the most powerful medicine available to humankind. Stress, tension, self-hatred, constant unconscious bracing is the leading cause of almost all disease in the body. It all stems from these ways of relating. People place way too much importance on diet with regards to disease. The foods you choose are just a symptom of your addictive and reactive conditioning or conscious choice via your own self-intelligence. The choice is yours. Energy needs to circulate. Once you begin blocking the energetic currency circulating within the system, through the system, which the system needs in order to be in aliveness, stagnancy, numbness, and death begin to bleed itself into the physical tissues, tendons, and cellular makeup of the body in all the areas in which the individual has divorced from. You should be so in tune with your body that you can drop your consciousness not only into the muscles and tendons to release them with your consciousness, but so sensitive that you can drop into your arteries, veins, and cellular structures and interface with the specific areas and ways that are needed for aliveness to return. This level of internal awareness will expand and deepen with commitment. The body must be watched and followed in order to be alive, happy, healthy, and loved. Imagine a child calling you from the other side of the park asking you to watch her doing a cartwheel. Look, look, look at me doing a cartwheel. But you never look. You ignore the calls. Because you're more interested in your head trip, scrolling on your phone to feed your mind's desire for nonsense. The more you ignore, um, the more you ignore her call for attention, the quieter she becomes. The child's voice begins to give away, give way and the scream has now become a whisper. Her aliveness is withering away. You forget the child even exists. You forget the child has needs, a voice of its own. For many people, the only time they come back to the awareness of the body's voice is when it's too late. The last breaths are pending and life has been spent unconsciously. Spiritual bypassing and developmental trickery. Below is a story that repeats itself on an almost daily basis. I recently had an internationally known yogi come to see me for an energy session. She told me how she worships her body daily. She shared with me her two-hour morning rituals of self-love. She has practiced and dedicated her life to the yogic art form for now 12 years now. She is a beautiful person and it, is a gift. it was a gift to assist her. But as she was saying what she was saying, it was very evident that she was performing, and not just for me, but for herself. This is when things get dangerous, when we are tricking ourselves unconsciously. She was frantically clutching onto huge amounts of grief in certain parts of her body, while other parts of her being had rarely if ever been visited consciously. She had spent the majority of her spiritual pursuing doing the practices perfectly, rather than allowing the practices to become and hold her. She was using her dedicated practice to unconsciously avoid a whole lot of pain and distrust of self that was sitting within her. She felt like if she, like if she was to acknowledge its existence that she wouldn't be a perfect enough person to help others. She would feel like a hypocrite. Walking around in life fearfully hiding who you are for fear of not being perfect enough is the status quo. It is deadly dangerous to true health. 
It is insidious and will eat away at a person's body and energy. Ten minutes into our session, she began to experience waves of energy, shaking up what she was really running from. Her body jumped back in, into the driver's seat intelligently and began loudly letting out um, cries for, for close to an hour. Once all of her stagnancy and fear had been fully touched, met, clarified, expressed, and loved, the blissful aliveness that is the woman's true nature took her deeply into feminine rejuvenation. The reason I share this story is to emphasize self-surrender and do in everything you do. It is crucial for true health. Surrender to your truth. If you are in pain, sadness, trauma, surrender fully to it and learn to be loving with all of your prickly parts. If you are feeling happy, ecstatic, excited, surrender fully to that also. Surrendering to what is, is choosing to trust in life. It's choosing to allow life back in to guide in, to guide and assist you. You are of life. If you refuse to surrender to what is, it will eat away at you. It will pester you. It will evolve into something which will injure you over time. You will experience much fatigue. Being out of alignment is profoundly unhealthy to your entire existence. The reason I do what I do is simple, to assist others in committing to every last delicious drop of themselves in whatever way that may look. Because when someone commits to themselves, they are committing to divinity, and we sure as hell need more divinity right now. We need more humans of intelligence, of consciousness, of healthiness, of love. Restoring True Health I invite you to make contact with every last inch of yourself, both internally and externally. Put your hands all over yourself, be internal, start to listen. This takes large amounts of commitment and discipline at first, a level which I um, a level which many I find aren't interested in, especially with all that shiny distraction happening over there on things such as social media. But if you choose to really commit to your life, then I have some guidance which may be of help. Be with every part of yourself which you hate, resent, dislike, feel shame towards. Be with your trauma. Accept it. It is yours to deal with and stop blaming everybody else for your current state of reality. Take full responsibility for the way you feel from this way forward. Because as soon as you place the blame externally onto the bully, your abuser, your parents or friends, you no longer have the ability to heal yourself. You must claim your pain to begin the process of healing. How about all the ways you feel towards yourself? Maybe it's your nose or the shape of your body or your age or the fact that you think you're worthless or not good enough. Maybe it's the new wrinkle you found under your left eye. Be with it. Stay with the hate, the shame, the sadness. Sit in it with it. Feel it, cry with it, cry for it. Hold it, look at it, give it every last piece of your attention until there's no hate left to feel, just acceptance. This acceptance transcends to love and will restore aliveness and health back into that part of you which was once rotting. I want to point out that you cannot just decide to accept something when you clearly fucking hate it. The body doesn't function like that. Acceptance is the result of you feeling through what you are dealing with, to the point that there's nothing left to feel and you transcend it. 
This is why you cannot heal by avoiding. This is why you cannot reclaim your aliveness in any other way other than moving directly through the storm. Acceptance is the natural result of transcending. It's the desert. It's the desert. <laughs> From that point, love arrives on its own, as going into your storm is the epitome of self-love. I really hope this article has brought you something of value, and if you would like further assistance through your process, that's what I'm here for. Know thyself, love thyself deeply. This is an invite to consciousness. This is an invite to love in ways rarely committed to. back down into our physical being and through that we can then come to a place where the cosmos starts to open where your consciousness starts to open up in ways that you previously were looking to arrive to but you were going backwards here's the thing I meet a lot of people who who either want to open their third eye or they're doing meditation based on opening this part of their body and it's a really it's a really newbie mistake because it's very dangerous and I meet a lot of people who their first kind of their first indulgence in meditation has been third eye meditations and it's really dangerous because if you don't have a if you already don't have a very firm grounding in who you are, it's almost like opening Pandora's box. There's no roots. But yet you want to link up higher to the cosmos. You want to open your, your spiritual center. You want to see more. You want to experience more. You want to access more. But there's no grounding. There's nothing keeping you on the physical plane. The most important part of the spiritual process is, is really about developing your grounding. Because this life is physical, this life is made for the body. It's deeply important that we can first and foremost work on the lower aspect of our being, of our body, of who we are. And then once we start to ground down deeper, energy will naturally start to move up through the body to the next center, to the next center, to the next center, to the next center, to the next center. Energy has its own intelligence and it's always going to go in the direction where it's most needed. So opening the third eye, it can be very problematic, especially in a culture where we're kind of all head. It's just all headiness. Everything is mind-driven. So we're already spending far too much time up there. Anytime someone comes to me to ask that question, regardless of where they are on their process, I'm always recommending them to step away from any focus on this part of the body and bring it down. Uh, your lower dantian, which is the spot just below your navel, around the navel area, in the front of the body, and around to the back of the body as well. 
If you can start grounding into that, grounding into your legs, grounding into your feet. Because you see, for energy to come up and open, first we need to go in and down. And when we go in and down, once all the blockages start to open up down into the body in the form of relaxation, what starts to happen at that point is now your energy, your source energy, your physical energy, starts to make contact with the earth energy. Once your physical body is relaxed in the tendons, and it can actually fall back down. And once it makes contact with earth energy, then this energy starts to bounce back up through the body. So first it's got to come down to earth to almost meet its maker. And once it meets its maker, then its maker can guide them and come up through the body with them. And this will bring you up gradually to the other centers in the body in a way that will be healthy, in a way that will be safe or we need to throw out the concept of safe but it will be safer than you just going directly here when you're flaccid from the neck down when you're dead from the neck down when you're numb from the neck down so ground down fall back down into the body and let that energy do what it's going to do naturally most people are totally jammed up and cut in the diaphragm. So it doesn't really matter how high you bring your awareness in your body. You're always going to be lacking. There's always going to be an emptiness. As long as you're just avoiding the lower parts of your being, which are more animalistic, which are more sexually engaging, which are more impulsive, which are more intuitive. And this is what people are afraid of, being overtaken by their intuitiveness, by their impulses, by their animalisticness. But in order to ground, that's a part of us that we need to meet. And we really need to forget a whole lot about the whole fluffy, cosmic part of the spiritual process. When everyone wants to be, oh my God, my crown chakra. <laughs> It's so open. That's dangerous. <laughs> That's dangerous because you're just going to drive yourself off into, into an abyss of, of psychosis. So we really need to avoid just going to that place. First, we need to grow back down into our physical being. And through that, we can then come to a place where the cosmos starts to open or your consciousness starts to open up in ways that you previously were looking to arrive to but you were going backwards you were attempting to take the shortcut and assuming that nothing bad would happen whenever we take the shortcut something bad always happens because we learn how to hold court for the destination that we're looking to get to via the journey, via the process. So each energy center you establish in your body as you come up through your being, the more it will prepare you and ready you to come to the next center.
to come to the next center, to come to the next center, to come to the next center, and to come to the centers that are actually not really spoken about, but that exist. So ground up.